On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the MotoGP Dutch Grand Prix, the Honda 200 at Mid-Ohio, and the British Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Nebu, and alongside me today is my fellow gearhead and co-host, Ben Bagley. How are you, Ben? It's been a few weeks. I'm back. It feels good to be sitting in one place for a little bit. It's been a, a busy past few weeks. Yeah, you've been uh, really busy the past couple of weeks. Uh, you've been on a trip uh, with your race car, right? Yeah, so we had the Formula SE West competition in Michigan, uh, the westernmost state in the United States. Uh, we'd had a nonstop drive there. We had problems with their muffler and just couldn't get the noise down. Back pressure issues, couldn't pass brake test. Uh, it was a whole thing, but it was a good time. It was sunny, nice, got to go see some pretty nice states. Michigan's actually a really cool place around uh, Michigan International Speedway. And uh, actually getting to go up onto the banking, it's pretty incredible. It's a really, really steep bank. So that was pretty neat. And then uh, on the way back, we took a little bit slower because we had COVID. So oh, no. that was, it was a, a really interesting balance of cool scenery and also we could barely uh barely keep ourselves together on the way back but we made it back uh started my new job and i managed to graduate with some kind of degree uh, allegedly so all's good allegedly yeah <laughs> awesome well that's great to hear i'm glad you had fun uh, but we got some great racing and uh races to go over this week so let's just jump right in Alrighty. Uh, we'll start with MotoGP, and uh, this this time around it was the Dutch Grand Prix in Assen, the Netherlands. Um, we'll go over the top ten in qualifying, so you have some context for the race. In first place was Francesco Bagnaia, followed by Fabio Quartararo, Jorge Martin, Marco Bezzecchi, Alace Espargaro, Jack Miller, Johan Zarco, Miguel Oliveira, Alex Renz, and rounding out the top ten was Brad Bender. So this race was kind of uh, business as usual for the whole race, except there were some notable crashes. Um, Benyaya got a great start, got the field pretty early, and never lost the lead after that. Um, Espargaro and Quartararo had a pretty good fight over the first three laps, but then Quartararo went for a move uh, on the fifth lap on Espargaro and made contact and... Um, skidded out into the gravel trap uh which kind of ruined both of the riders races um supposedly espargaro was off the track um but he managed to keep the bike upright and continue he just dropped down to i think 15th after Cordero hit him um Cordero dropped to the back and had a lot of damage on his bike so uh his race was pretty much over after that, Franco Morbidelli slid out in turn 5 in the same corner. Um, on lap 9, Darren Bender slid out, <laughs> also in turn 5, I believe. So that was kind of a problem corner for a lot of uh, riders this week. Um, yeah, it looked pretty slick watching uh, some of the replays. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, pretty slippery. Um, on lap 13, Fabio Cordero had another crash. Crashed twice in one race. Uh, the bike kind of just high-sided a little bit and bucked him off uh, on the throttle. And he landed on the track pretty hard. And uh, looks like he was pretty slow to get up. But 
looks like he was uh after the race he was talking to his team and he seemed okay but he took quite a quite a hit yeah man he lost all hope loses last little bit of hope he didn't know he had yeah (laughs) yeah it was a rough race for him not not ideal for the championship leader so i believe his championship lead dropped down to like 30 points so he's still got quite a margin (laughs) yeah yeah no it's gonna be a feat for people to catch him even if ben yaya was you know a solid half second ahead of everybody for the entire race yeah um alesa spargo even though he dropped down to 15th at the beginning of the race he cut his way through the field and ended up fighting for a podium spot at the end it was pretty crazy uh Bedzeki and Vinales, the two Ducati driver or riders, um, held on to second and third for the whole race um, behind Banyaya. So that was the podium. It was a one-two-three for Ducati. Um, but then over the line, Alesa Spargo finished fourth after making a crazy double overtake on the last corner of the last lap. Um, <laughs> it was pretty insane. He overtook uh, Brad Bender and Jack Miller. Um, like it was, <laughs> he dove down the inside of both riders into the one of the tightest chicanes on the calendar, and I I've never seen a move like that in a MotoGP race before. <laughs> yeah, despite his uh, not finishing on the podium, Spargo was probably the best part of the race to watch for me. Yeah, very exciting stuff from him. Um, he was definitely fun to watch. Um, so great, great race from Aspargaro, even though it probably could have been more if he had stayed upright, or, well, if he had stayed on the track after Cordero nudged him off. Um, yep. Yeah, we'll not go over the du- results. Not that, uh, Ducati minded too much about that. Yeah, no, Ducati had quite the race, <laughs> scoring tons of points in the championship battle, but, uh, the results... Starting in first place was Francesco Bagnaia, followed by Marco Bedzecchi, Maverick Vinales, Alesa Spargaro, Brad Bender, Jack Miller, Jorge Martin, Joan Mir, Miguel Oliveira, and Alex Rins running out the top 10. In 11th was Anaya Bastianini, followed by Taka Nakagami, Joanne Zarco, Fabio Di Antonio, Alex Marquez, Andrea Davizioso, Luca Marini, Stefan Bradel, Remy Gardner, and Lorenzo Zavadori rounding out the finishers, and that's the top 20. And we had four DNFs this race, um, with Raul Fernandez, Fabio Cordero, Darren Bender, and Franco Morbidelli. All right, let's move is on to IndyCar Indy time. Car. Yeah, IndyCar time. Let's go. What do you think about Mid-Ohio as the uh, track? Uh, looks like uh, pretty similar to Road America. It's very, lots of hills. Um, you know, it just looks like kind of a classic American track. The road's like kind of cracked and bumpy. Yep. Um, kind of like the highways but... through Ohio, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> I got some experience with that, and uh, I gotta say, this track has the most elevation change I've ever seen in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much. No. No, so, but actually, um... I really like this track. Yeah. It's a good one for sure. We were at Mid-Ohio for the Honda Indy 200 in Lexington, Ohio. Um, qualifying top 10 real quick was Pato Award on pole. 
followed by Scott McLaughlin, Colton Herta, Felix Rosenquist, Scott Dixon, Simon Pagino, Alex Pillow, David Malukas, Kyle Kirkwood, and Callum Eilat. Um, this race was pretty crazy to start out with, and then there was some drama with uh, a lot of the kind of protagonists of IndyCar. Um, it was a fun one to watch, for sure. Oh, yeah. And those first few laps, the top five, uh, they were so close. Uh, Pato Ward oh, did yeah. a great job holding them all off for as long mm-hmm. as he could until he started having uh, gearbox problems. Yeah, not <laughs> so, so unfortunate for Pato because he had that engine failure last year or last race. I mean, um, so two DNFs in a row is not what he wants for his season when he's fighting for the championship. No, not at all. <laughs> But, yeah, everybody everybody really got their elbows out at the beginning, and it was really good racing from everybody. Like, Will Power really made oh, a, quite a dive bomb at the beginning, um, but unfortunately made contact with the guy and spun out. Uh, he was able to keep it going, though, and uh, had a pretty good race from there, actually. Yeah, absolutely a charged back, uh, opposite of Colin Herta, who had, a, honestly, a pretty great race the entire way through. Uh, which is something that's been a little bit inconsistent from him in past races, uh, and then got caught out during uh, yellow and didn't make it into the pit, and then that kind of tanked his race from there. Yeah. Yeah, he also had a moment at the end, I think he went off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was but... just lemon juice in the wound at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, But yeah, we had... Felix Resingfist also had a mechanical failure, so that's both McLarens with mechanical failures that race. Uh, and as a McLaren fan, that was painful. Very yeah. painful. <laughs> um, so, yep, the Kyle Kirkwood also crashed and caused the yellow. Um, but like you said, it was awesome racing at the front between Herta, Pagano, Polo, McLaughlin, Award. Like, everybody was up there, and everyone was right there in it. So, um, super exciting to watch, watch all that happen. Uh, one notable thing, Alexander Rossi <laughs> had a bit of oh, a man. tussle with his teammate, Roman Grosjean, twice. He was having tussles with everyone. Yeah. Because, uh, didn't he get a little elbows out with, uh, Hurt at some point too, or I think Yeah, I think else? so. Yeah, so, uh, the Andretti siblings on track will likely have a talk with Dad when they get back. Or they likely did. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, the second time, like the first time, it was kind of just they bumped wheels and Grosjean had two wheels off the track and it was kind of just (laughs) a friendly, like, well, not even friendly. That was just a nudge, like, hey, I'm here. Don't try to pass me. Racing incident. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. And then the next one, Rossi (laughs) hit Grosjean. It sent them both straight on at the corner off the track. Uh, oh yeah. Rossi lost control of the steering wheel, and so he just kept going straight, which kept pushing Grosjean further and further off the track and into the wall eventually. Yeah, um, yeah. Rossi just went so wide on that corner. He probably had, you know, two car widths on the inside that he could have cheated in, but he just left Grosjean no space. Yeah. So unfortunately, Grosjean ended up in the wall and uh, kind of got sent to the back of the grid through no fault of his own. Um. That was not not what uh, Andretti wanted to see this week. No, that was a, a terrible result for Andretti Racing this weekend. 
yeah. But um, it was a great result for Scott McLaughlin, who won his first IndyCar race ever. He was just a rookie last year, so he is yeah, managed to quickly hold off rising. Him. Yeah, and he managed to hold off Alex Pillow, who's kind of been his uh, his benchmark as a rookie in a similar spot this season. Yep. Managed to hold him off for the last two laps and just really solid racing, you know, just finished the race and that was enough, honestly. Yep. Um, so that wraps up the race. We'll go over the results real fast. In first place was Scott McLaughlin, followed by Alex Pillow and Will Power to round off the podium. In fourth place was Renus VK, followed by Scott Dixon and Marcus Erickson. And then in seventh was Joseph Newgarden. Helio Castroneves followed in eighth. After that was David Malukas and Simon Pagino rounding off the top ten. And then 11th through 22, rounding off the finishers, were Christian Lungard, Graham Rahal, Connor Daly, Takuma Sato, Colton Herta, Jimmy Johnson, Devlin DeFrancesco, Simona De Silvestro, Alexander Rossi, Jack Harvey, Roman Grosjean, and Dalton Kellett. Then we had five DNFs this week. With Callum Eilat, Padua Award, Tatiana Calderon, Kyle Kirkwood, and Felix Rosenquist not finishing the race. Alright. Formula One, the British Grand Prix. Silverstone. What a banger. Yeah, that was a, a really good race. Yeah, I think that was the best race of the season so far. Yeah, I think so too, and that seems to be kind of the sentiment among a lot of fans uh, watching the race. Especially because, you know, those last 10 laps were still so close. It was a, a great example of FIA regulations for the, the 2022 year uh, actually ended up in some really, really good racing. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into all of our talking points on the race, we'll go through the top 10 in qualifying. It was Science followed by Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, Norris, Alonso, Russell, Joe and Latifi. Notably, Carlos Sainz had his first pole position this week. So, good qualifying for Sainz. Um, it was a wet qualifying, so you got some uh, mix-up at the top. And um, tends to be the more skilled drivers at the top when it rains. Uh, so it matters more uh, the skill of the driver rather than the, the speed of the car. Yep. Um, yeah, notably, uh, you saw Latifi and uh, Joe make it into Q3, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I think this was, was this Latifi's first Q3? I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. And it was yeah. Joe's second? Something like that. He's uh, He's yeah. been out there a couple times, though, yeah. Yeah, he's been having, really, <laughs> he's been doing so well. But, uh, well, I'll let you say uh, yeah. <laughs> why he hasn't been so well? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's unfortunate because he he seems he seems to be a really good driver with like the worst luck ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that clover leaf um, on the side of his car doesn't seem to be doing anything at all for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so let's get into that. Uh, on the start of the race, AlphaTauri driver Pierre Gasly and George Russell of Mercedes made contact, sending Russell into a spin. Russell then made race-ending contact with Zhou Guanyu of Alfa Romeo, which flipped Zhou's car, sending him sliding upside down across the circuit and through the gravel trap. 
His car dug into the gravel, which flipped the car up into the air and over the tire barrier and into the catch fence, um, where it eventually came to rest between the tire barrier and the catch fence, and that trapped him in the car for several minutes. Um, once the safety marshals extracted him from the car, they sent him straight to the medical center, and unfortunately, he was cleared at the medical center with no injuries, which is just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Halo uh, taking another W. Oh, absolutely. Halo absolutely saved his life. Halo took two Ws this week, actually. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because there was an incident in F2 where one of the drivers, <laughs> one of the cars ended up on top of another car. And uh, Halo was all scraped up, and it would have been pretty bad if it wasn't there. All hail to the titanium flip-flop. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, that but yeah. that was a whole just watching it happen. It was such a prolonged event too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it started you know just barely after they started off. Uh, Gasly ended up just getting pinched. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just flipped Joe up, and Joe ended up just sliding on his uh, on the hoop for just it had to have been like two hundred meters at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of it was it was really scary to watch because the the roll bar on the top of his car actually broke. Yeah, and that's the piece that actually keeps makes sure that the helmet like can't actually hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, the halo was literally the only thing protecting him, and you could see how close his head was to the ground. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah, luckily, um, like myself, Joe was not a very tall person. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, it could have been a lot worse, but luckily he was okay. Um, but that wasn't the only incident before turn one. <laughs> Williams driver Alex Albon was cut off and forced to slow down unexpectedly. Um, and then the Aston Martin of Sebastian Vettel was approaching too fast behind Albon, ended up rear-ending him and sent him into a high-speed spin into the wall. Um, it's just a concrete wall there, so Albon bounced off the wall and settled right in the middle of turn one with, you know, 12 cars right there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so he took out a few cars with him, um, Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, Sebastian Vettel, and Esteban Ocon all had damage after that, but they were all able to continue, luckily for them. Um, but after this whole carnage on on the lap first lap uh russell joe and albon were out of the race yep yeah it was kind of funny watching all the drivers with various amounts of damage you know Ocon had like the donut tire that he was riding on uh Mm -hmm. one of the drivers was had their front left just riding on their splitter Uh, yep that was (laughs) just around the lap just kind of dinner plating around I was surprised that a lot of cars made it back to the pits as they did, honestly. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Akon was going so slow. Um, But luckily the red flag flag came out after the incident. And um, as the race was suspended, actually, some protesters broke onto the track and sat down. And that's all we're going to give to that because that's just stupid and ridiculous. (laughs) And we don't want to give it more attention than it deserves. Yeah. Um, so on the restart after the red flag, Sainz and Verstappen battled pretty hard for first, 
Uh, Sainz really shoved Verstappen to the right side of the track um, before turn one. Yeah, that was an um, IndyCar battle right there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, definitely wheel to wheel, elbows out, everyone everyone wanted it today. Yeah, yeah, it was great week. racing at the front. Yeah. Leclerc dove down the inside of Perez into turn four and made contact with him and uh, damaged the front wings of both cars. Uh, Leclerc's came off pretty cleanly, uh, so he was able to continue with damage. Um, but Perez, uh, his wing was kind of just hanging there, so he had to pit for repairs, which kind of almost ruined his race, but uh, he had a, quite the recovery drive that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, really did. Yeah. Um, so Verstappen was on Sainz's tail for about 10 laps and uh, pressured him into his, into a mistake. He was able to pass him for the lead. But then unfortunately, a couple of laps later, Verstappen hit a piece of debris, which came off of Yuki Sonoda's car, I believe, um, which damaged his tires and ripped some rear downforce elements off of his car. And uh, that slowed him down so much. Yeah, no, it was almost immediate. Uh, once he hit the straight, he just it looked like he almost came to a stop compared to signs. Yeah, no, it was it was it, it, I thought maybe his engine blew again or he ran <laughs> like something happened. I don't know. He was so slow on the straight, so signs was able to pass him, and then Leclerc was able to pass him shortly after that. Um, but uh, also on lap twelve, I think Yuki Tsunoda crashed into Pierre Gasly which big no-no mm-hmm. you don't crash into your teammate yeah they had a, a nice synchronized pirouette off the track yep they both spun in a, <laughs> in a synchronized spinning for sure yeah it's crazy that uh, we're only 12 laps in uh, i remember watching the race and i was like man how are they going to recover from this it's so, so few laps left and i looked and they're on lap like 18 or something i was like what yeah it was kind of, I think it was just because the red flag lasted for like an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, that was probably it. It's, it just felt like uh, we were already quite a ways into the race when it had really just started. Um, but, uh, yeah, so signs led for about 20 laps with Leclerc and Hamilton and Tell behind him. Um, Hamilton kept setting fastest lap after fastest lap and closed up to the Ferraris. Um so Ferrari finally, probably a little too late, told Sainz to let the faster car of Charles Leclerc through into the lead to pull away, hopefully, from the Mercedes. Um, but they didn't really. <laughs> Hamilton yeah. was always kind of right there. Yeah, Hamilton had a really good race. Yeah, I think Mercedes is kind of back. I think um, they're starting to figure out what it takes to build a competitive car. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it seems like they're definitely more on pace with the top three cars. Um, still third best, I'd say, but they're definitely right there. Uh, way better than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think the drivers are starting to figure it out, too, because you're watching them third much faster at the corners than they have been. Uh, they're still just lacking on the straights, but in terms of driver skill and how the cars are going through the corners, they're actually able to make up some time on the other teams, finally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on lap 39, the Alpine of Esteban Ocon slowed dramatically with an engine problem and then crept to a stop at the end of a straight. 
uh, which caused a safety car. Signs, Hamilton, and many other drivers pit for softs with about 10 racing laps left. Leclerc stayed out on old hard tires, and this was the Ferrari blunder of the century. Yeah. Almost sounds uh, like uh, Colin Her- or, uh, Colton Hurt is a race. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, why didn't they pit him? Yeah. Uh, they left Leclerc out. Their reasoning was Signs was close enough to Leclerc to where... If they had double-stacked the cars in the pits, signs would have been held up for a couple seconds. But I think that would have been the lesser of two evils than putting 19 drivers behind Charles Leclerc on fresh, soft tires when he's on 20-lap <laughs> old hard tires. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they had uh, double-stacking PTSD from... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um... But I think Leclerc could have won the race with signs in P2, but that's not not what ended up happening. Um, so on the restart, signs and Leclerc battle for the lead, um, and signs was able to make quick work of Leclerc passing him into turn five, I think. And then he opened up a pretty comfortable gap for the rest of the race. Uh, Leclerc and Perez battled each other on lap 45 um, into the last kind of section of the track. And that brought Hamilton into the fight and actually threw in a second place after they both went off the track, <laughs> fighting yep. each other so hard. Uh, that was almost overtake of the week, which we'll get to in a few minutes here. Um, but that was a really great double overtake from Lewis. Uh, Perez got his elbows out with Hamilton on the next lap, which <laughs> let Leclerc pass Hamilton <laughs> again. It was The last few laps were insane. They were awesome, yeah. Um. But one thing, you know, Perez looks so much more confident in this car than he did last year. Oh, yeah. He just He's racing with authority, and, like, he knows what he wants, and he's not going to back down from it. Yeah, yeah, he was so conservative last year with how he drove the car, uh, which was, you know, yeah. good enough to get Verstappen to the title. But this year, uh, he's just so much more competitive and taking... Not necessarily even risks, but just being a lot more aggressive with the car, which is uh, is pretty cool to see. And I think him having you know a podium under his belt, or a few podiums rather, and a, a win under his belt really helps too. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, all this fighting got Alonso and Norris into the fight too. They caught up to this whole this whole <laughs> battle for second place. Uh, so we had midfield teams in this now. Uh, Hamilton and Leclerc went side-by-side side into cops where Hamilton and Verstappen crashed into each other last year. It was like a carbon copy of last year, except this time Hamilton didn't go wide. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think everybody kind of had flashbacks as we were approaching that corner there. No, don't do uh, it. And they were side-by-side. Side. Yeah. Uh, but everything was fine. Leclerc got ahead after cops and threw maggots and beckets. And then um, Hamilton was able to pass him again on the hangar straight with DRS. So Hamilton ended up in third place. Um, and then on the last lap, Verstappen and Schumacher had quite a little tussle for seventh. Uh, and I think Verstappen got away with some kind of dirty driving. <laughs> uh, he shoved Mick off the track twice, and it wasn't even like... You know, he closed the door. He wasn't significantly ahead. He literally shoved Mick off the track, and they were side by side. So, 
Um, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm sure Verstappen was frustrated because his car was super slow through no fault of his own. Yep. Um, but uh, I think they said that he lost like 10, 10 to 15% of his rear downforce. Oh, easily. Which is quite significant. Yeah. Um, and then Vers- and then Leclerc lost like 5% of his downforce with his wing damage, but he was still the fastest car on track other than, I guess, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really a matter of, uh, towards the end, just who could keep their car together from the damage earlier on. Yeah, it was it was a crazy race, and uh, definitely, in my opinion, the best one of the season so far. Yep. Um, so the fastest lap went to Lewis Hamilton, and the driver of the day award went to Sergio Perez after he finished seventh after dropping back at or no, not seventh, he finished second there after we go. dropping back at the beginning of the race because of his forced pit stop. Yeah, great recovery drive from him. For sure. Um, so the results of the race, winning the British Grand Prix was Carlos Sainz, his maiden win, followed by Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton rounding off the podium. In fourth place was Charles Leclerc, followed by Alonso, Norris, Verstappen, Schumacher, Vettel, and Magnussen rounding off the top 10 points finishers. And then on 11th through 14th was Stroll, Latifi, Ricardo, and Tsunoda. Then we had six DNFs this race. With Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly, Valtteri Bottas, George Russell, Zhou Guanyu, and Alex Albon. Yeah, so uh, Carlos Sainz's 150th Grand Prix. Yeah, his first, his his 150th Grand Prix, his first pole position and first win came on the same weekend. Yeah, what what a great time to convert that pole. Uh, yeah, I know people were kind and of. He wasn't clutch. expecting it either. Yeah, I know people, even I was kind of questioning, you know, uh, what his role is going to be at Ferrari this season if he couldn't keep up with Leclerc. But, uh, you know, even though Leclerc had some, some problems, I think Sainz was pretty easily a, a shoe-in for first this race. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's just like, it's it's really great that he got this and he got over that hurdle and get on, got his first win. Uh but, you know, one thing to kind of take note of is Verstappen had the damage and dropped back. Yep. And Leclerc had damage and was still faster than Sainz and just got screwed over on strategy, really. Um, and then, you know, Perez and Hamilton right there. I I would just say that, you know, Sainz kind of got a little lucky. Oh, yeah. And it's just going to take some luck to win races for him because I just don't think he has the raw pace to beat Verstappen and Leclerc by himself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Sergio Perez, you know, once he started getting some more successes under his belt, uh, we saw a marked change from him. So maybe maybe Sainz will get a little bit of that confidence, too, off of this this win. And uh, we'll see him, you know, start to pick at Leclerc a little more. Yeah. Um, also, it was the first points finish for Mick Schumacher. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> Finally, yes. Yeah, we know he's a yeah. late bloomer, and I was I was hoping it was just a matter of time in F1, just like in F2, uh, until he mm-hmm. finally got points. Yeah, I think this is a big mental hurdle for him that he's finally cleared. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him finishing in the points more. He looks really fast. Like, he's he's been consistently on pace, if not faster, than Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, he's still making, you know, he's still suffering from some rookie mistakes here and there, uh, you know, trying some overtakes where he definitely shouldn't, and uh, 
stuff like that, you know, it's his second season, and last season was in a car that, you know, didn't really offer the opportunity to practice your racecraft all that much against other other drivers. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think this season will be a great growth time for him, and I think next season we'll actually start seeing him be a little more competitive with the rest of the field. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Max Verstappen had a pretty rough race, picking up the damage. Um, not super great for his championship. He had a bad one, uh, but luckily for them, Ferrari kind of messed up for Leclerc, who's his really his main championship rival right now. Yeah. Uh, so damage control for Red Bull, it wasn't too bad. I think Leclerc only managed to cut six points out of Verstappen's lead. Um, so yeah, Ferrari didn't. <laughs> they needed to capitalize on that, and they kind of just didn't. Yeah, um, Mercedes no. is Mercedes, like we said, has been fast again. Uh, Lewis is looking great. George Russell said that if uh, if he was able to continue, he would have still been able to finish sixth, even starting at the back. I so, don't know if that's. I don't know about that, but his car I looked mean, a little bit damaged. That's fair, but they had the red flag for an hour. That is true. So they could have yeah. fixed it, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's hard to say, but uh, they seem pretty confident, at least, and that they have good pace, um, and I think that's good for them, uh, if you're a Mercedes fan, uh, yeah. seeing the team with confidence and hope again is uh, definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, do you see Hamilton swapping places with Russell in Drivers' Championship in the next couple of races, or do you think Russell's going to be holding them off for a while now? Uh... Uh, it's it's hard to say. I I would I think Hamilton might beat Russell this season, but I think it's gonna go back and forth a lot. Uh, Hamilton definitely seems more comfortable with the car now than he was, whereas George I think was kind of just comfortable with whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think George adapted better to the rules and adapted a little quicker than Hamilton did, but now that Hamilton's catching on, he's starting to do Lewis Hamilton things again. Yeah, a little bit higher skill ceiling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tsunoda broke the golden rule, crashed into his teammate, and both of both of them then had a very poor race after that with Gasly DNFing and Tsunoda finishing last. Yeah, really, um, really not one. <laughs> Alphatori wanted after some very mixed results this season. Yeah, rough race for Alphatori. Um, also a rough race for Danny Ricardo in the McLaren, finishing just in front of Yuki Tsunoda. Um, I feel so bad for the guy, man. He just cannot figure out that car. No. Uh, he. One thing to note is that he didn't have DRS after lap thirty. His DRS system broke. Um, but that, that shouldn't put him back in 13th place when his teammates finishing seventh, like DRS is an overtaking tool. It's not, it's not crucial to the speed of the car. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like IndyCar where push to pass is used pretty much whenever the driver needs to defend even. Uh, yeah. So it, it's unfortunate to see him drop back so far, especially behind Pierre Gasly. He went through two crashes this race mm-hmm. uh, in standings. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so let's go over some interesting championship standing swaps. Carlos Sainz moves up, uh, passes George Russell uh, into fourth place in the championship. Um, so now it's Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, Mercedes, Mercedes. Uh, <laughs> you can see where the performance lies. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's pretty close between the top, like, five other than max uh they're all kind of 10 points apart from each other yeah uh so it'll it can go either way down there max has quite a lead so it's gonna take probably two dnfs or just poor races from him to uh catch up to him which that doesn't really happen i mean dnfs do but yeah if he if he's finishing the race he's usually first or second yeah i was gonna say on the dnfs don't don't jinx red bull with that they'll make it happen Oh, they will, but so will Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it Ferrari's seems like... Uh, super reliable engine package that we were seeing at the start is uh, not having as much of an advantage as we thought it would. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it seems like Ferrari does this all the time, and they have been in the last few seasons where they start off really strong, and then they kind of start to unravel about halfway through the season, and then just goes downhill but hopefully they can turn this season around they did just win this race um very true and they've got uh we've got the rest of the european circuit coming up which is uh my favorite part of the season um let's see in constructors doesn't look like much has changed it's still a tight battle between mclaren and alpine which is not a battle i thought would happen this season yeah Everyone thought that McLaren would be fighting Ferrari. Uh, mm-hmm. I think with the strategy calls Ferrari has been making, I think they thought they would be fighting McLaren. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. I've slowly been, you know, warming up to Alpine. I, it's kind of fun to watch them race. They are. Uh, Alonso definitely doesn't hold back. And no, Akon is very, very measured and calculated, and he is very talented. He's matured a lot. In the past couple seasons. For sure. Yeah. Um, so they got a good team there. Who knows if Fernando Alonso will be there for another year or two. I imagine he probably will if he wants to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I see him moving up anywhere, but I definitely don't see him being uh, traded away anywhere either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the battles right now. Mercedes coming back into the championship hunt. Uh 65 points down on Ferrari. Um, that's that's a good chunk. Uh, but then then again, like Ferrari's about the same distance away from Red Bull. So you got pretty even spread across the top three. And then it goes down to 73 points at McLaren. Um, so they are 100 and, what is that, 131 points behind Mercedes in third so you're place. They're saying there's a chance they could get to third place. Uh, it would take some total wolf table smashing for that to happen. <laughs> um, but, yep, so that's that's Formula 1 for this week. Let's go over the overtake of the week. I gave it to Alesa Spargaro on Jack Miller and um, Brad Bender, I think it was. I have Johan Zarco in the script, but that's not even close to right. Uh, in Assen. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, again, in a... mode of... Oh, I'll let you go. Oh, I was just going to say, it was just 
one of the craziest overtakes I've seen in terms of last corner, last lap kind of stuff. And the fact that it was a double overtake just made it so much better. Yeah, so I was going to say, double overtakes in MotoGP are just oh, so brave. Yeah, it takes guts. You got to lick the stamp and send it. Yep. Um, okay, pit stop championship time. In first place, back on form, Sergio Perez. Um, and then <laughs> rounding off the top 10 was Carlos Sainz, Nicholas Latifi, Sebastian Vettel, Lance Stroll, Lando Norris, Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, Charlotte Claire, and Lewis Hamilton. Impressive showing from Nicholas Latifi uh, and Williams. Yes. Looking at Nicholas Latifi has just been so fast in those pit changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Williams has always been pretty good at pit stops. Uh, they've kind of dropped back this year, actually, but Red Bull is very much still in a, <laughs> having, they still have a commanding lead in both the Drivers and Constructors Pit Stop Championships. <laughs> Perez is 99 points ahead of Verstappen in second place. <laughs> uh, and then it's just uh, kind of a random assortment of teams from there on out. Uh, but both Red Bulls at the top, and then... Let's see, Red Bull is ahead of McLaren in second place, and they're ahead by 161 points. Which is, I mean, at halfway through the season, that's almost insurmountable. Yeah, no, uh, I don't, so I don't it's, think McLaren has a chance. No, uh, it's gonna, I think Red Bull's already won the pit stop championship, pretty much. Um, but we'll see, anything can happen, uh... Maybe we get these uh, five-second Red, St- Red Bull pit stops for the rest of the season. That would be entertaining. Yeah, what McLaren <laughs> needs to win is a, a Bottas five-day pit stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go on to our predictions uh, from last week. It was me and Daniel um, Well, on, last, on the last episode. Uh, after looking at Daniel's predictions, he actually nailed it if Verstappen didn't pick up the damage. Yeah, can I have Daniel just phone in for mine today? <laughs> uh, maybe liking, on the next one. I'm we'll liking see. the spread. I think he's working. What's that? I'm liking the spread. I think he might be better at this than I am. Yeah, uh, yeah he didn't he get had, any... Oh, yeah, he even had Alonzo as his dark horse. Yeah, he get, that's the only one he technically got right, but he did get the entire order right from signs down to Alonzo, uh, except he just put them shifted down one because he said Verstappen was going to win this race. Um, so I'm going to give this one to Daniel before I even tell you mine. Uh, I had Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, Perez, and Russell with Ocon as my dark horse. Um the top five finishers were Sainz, Perez, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Alonso. Um, fastest lap was uh, went to Lewis Hamilton. I said Charles Leclerc, and he said Carlos Sainz. And driver of the day went to Sergio Perez. I said George Russell, and he said Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, although I would have been fine giving driver of the day to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he had oh, absolutely. a pretty good race. I think it was a toss between him and Perez. I think so, too. I'm kind of surprised you didn't win it, considering it was the British Grand Prix. Yeah, Silverstone? That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Austria. My 
one of my favorite tracks of the season. Yep. Uh, yeah, Red Bull's got that home race advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange Army's going to be there in full force. Yep. It's going to so, be a fun uh, one. Yeah, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, I don't see Verstappen not winning this. Um, then I'm going to give second to Sergio Perez, and then third to Leclerc, fourth to George Russell, and then fifth to Science, with my dark horse being Lewis Hamilton. Alrighty. I think I'm going to swap it up a little bit. I think I'll give first to Sergio Perez, and then second to Max Verstappen. And then I'm going to put... Hmm. Now this is... I almost want to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go out of my way, and I'm going to say Hamilton third, Leclerc fourth, Sainz fifth, with George Russell as my dark horse. Okay. Um, oh, also, before we forget, um, stats update, because I know Ben loves stats. Uh, George Russell has broken his top five finish streak. No, that was one of my last statistics. Yep. Unfortunately, he DNF'd in Britain, so uh, there goes that one. But it was it was a very impressive streak of, I think, 10 races. Yeah, I'm going to have to... What am I, what am I going to have to do now? Maybe Joe uh-huh. DNFs. <laughs> could that be feel... Joe DNFs. <laughs> that feels consistent enough to track, stake track my that ratio. On. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do some research. Um... Yeah, alright. Fastest lap, I'm going to give it to... I'll give that one to Verstappen as well. Yeah, I I gotta say Verstappen. And driver of the day... uh, Let's... Hmm. I'm going to say Sergio Perez for driver of the day. Hmm. I'm going to try to give a win to AlphaTauri. I'm going to say Pierre Gasly is driver of the day. Okay. I think if he gets anywhere close to, you know, fifth or sixth place, I don't. I know I don't have him up there in my top five, but if he gets anywhere close to that, uh, given the way he's been qualifying, I think that'll warrant a driver of the day for him. Yep. Cool. Alrighty. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to tell the lovely people before we sign out, Ben? Oh man, no. I think I uh, said my piece. Awesome. Well, it's very good to have you back. Good to be uh, back. Glad you had fun on your trip. Yep, glad to be doing this again. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rev Hang Media. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag Rev Hang Podcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. We would absolutely love to interact with you guys and talk to you. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website at RevHang.com where you can find our calendar of upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our often terrible predictions for the F1 season. We'll return in a week to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out. See you later, guys.